Hi everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel, and welcome to this week's edition of the Amem Torah Podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Tazria and the last of the four special Parshas, Parsha's Achodesh. But our Dvar Torah is going to focus on Parsha's Tazria, so let's get right into it. So this week we read Parsha's Tazria, which is the first of what we're going to have two consecutive Parshios dealing with the halachas of, of Tzaras. Now next week's Parsha, Parsha's Metzorah, uh, discusses what you do once you have Tzaras, how you uh, become Tahar again. While this week in Parsha's Tzaria, we talk about how you get it and where it comes and uh, the details of the actual, uh, let's call it a disease for now. Um, and the reason why I say let's call it a disease for now is because the common translation of Tsaras is leprosy. Um, and while that is a common uh, definition or, or translation, it's not actually a physical disease. Um, I think the reason why uh, that uh, definition, that translation came about is because the same way leprosy is, is lesions or developing into real sores upon your skin, so Tsaras is also described um, as sores or lesions uh, on your body. Um, so while it does share that characteristic, there are other characteristics which it does not share, uh, namely the fact that Tsaras can appear not only on your body, but also uh, on your clothing or on the wall of your house. Now Chazal teaches that the three types of Tsaras correspond to the three basic layers of protection a person places over themselves. The first layer of protection that you have is your own body. Right? Your body can be affected, but you also use your body to protect you, to protect yourself. Uh, the second layer of protection that you use is clothing, whether it's from the environment, from the weather, uh, from embarrassment, uh, whatever it's from, uh, clothing is a form of protection. And the last basic protection that a person uses is shelter, your house. It protects you from greater dangers than your clothing, and it also provides uh, greater comfort than your clothing as well. So when you are infected with Tsaras, it represents the removal of these protective coverings. And as the Tsaras affects more and more of your personal space, more of you is then revealed. And that's why if you look in uh, this week's Parsha, in Parakut Gimel Pasuk Memhei, it says that when the Kohen comes and he declares somebody Tame with Tsaras, the, the person who is now Tame must uh, leave his head uncovered, must leave his head bare. Uh, and this, the Kliyakar explains, is a symbol of how his private actions have now been laid, laid bare in front of the entire world. That what he thought he was doing uh, privately, now everyone can see it has now become a public matter because he's affected with Tsaras. What exactly was he doing? So the traditional explanation of why someone... Re- why someone received Tsaras, the punishment of Tsaras, is because of Lashon Hara. So Lashon Hara is something you, you say in private, you keep privately, you don't denounce it to the world. And now the whole world can see um, what you did. <coughs> but the Kliyakar looks at the development of Tsaras, and he brings an idea from the Medrash that flips this order on its head. Because Chazal teaches us that the actual order of how a person is affected by Tsaras is that first it comes onto your house, then your clothing, and then, if you don't do tshuva in between these times, it, it uh, appears on your body. Now, it seems that having it on your body is the most embarrassing scenario that a person can have with uh, tzaras. And therefore, says the Kliyakar, there's no way that Hashem, who is a rachum v'chanun, would give out the worst punishment first. So, Chazal say that even though the Torah presents 
the um, saras as first your house, as first your body, then your clothing, then your house, the actual order in which you received it was the opposite, as we've just explained. So how come? Why would the Torah present the three levels in the exact opposite order? So the Kliyakar explains that this itself shows the mercy of Hashem. If you look in Parshas uh, Shmos, when Hashem warns Paro about the Makos that are going to come upon him, the actual one he warns him with is Makos Bechoros. Now this is even before the Maka of Dam appears. What is Hashem going and warning Paro about the last Maka that is going to happen? It's not going to happen for a while, and it might not even happen, because let's say Paro lets the Jews out beforehand, there will be no need for Makas Bechoros. So why is Hashem starting off with a Maka, which he may never even get to? So he explains that what Hashem does is that he tells, when he, when he tells you that you're doing something wrong and you're going to get punished because of it, he sends a warning with the worst possible punishment, but then he actually, the punishment that he actually sends is the easiest punishment. So why is that? Well, Hashem wants to motivate you to do tshuva. So when he's warning you to do tshuva, he's going to tell you the full consequence of what might happen. What he actually does is the merciful act. What he actually does is he sends you the easiest punishment first in order not to harm you too badly. And it's only then if you don't listen, if you don't do tshuva after each repeat warning, like Pyro, like what happened with Pyro, then you finally can bring the worst pun- then he finally brings the worst punishment applicable. And in our case, that's Tsaras. So the same way Hashem acted mercifully with Pyro, but eventually he had to give him the worst punishment possible of Makas Bacharos. The same applies with the uh, punishment of tsaras, that he will first warn you about it coming onto your body, which would be the worst punishment of the three, but what actually comes is the punishment, is the tsaras on your house, followed by your clothing, and only then, at the end, appearing on your body. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for Amem Torah, as well as the written version of the Dvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the Amem Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this week's Dvar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of Amem Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Torah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at Amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great job.